0: You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. So glad that you're here with us this morning. Um, today we have the privilege of having a guest speaker with us this morning, uh, Pastor Bob Lehman. Um, this is part of our Voices of the Valley um, series that we intermittently do where What we um, have the great privilege of here in the Phoenix Valley is inviting guest speakers who have been part of helping shape the church culture of the Phoenix Valley. Um, And so Pastor Bob has been in ministry for over 40 years. Um, He's been involved as the National Director of Church Planting for missions, uh, Missions of America, I believe it is. Um, he's also the founding pastor of A.Z. Hills Church up in Anthem. And so he's been a part of the church scene here in the Phoenix Valley for many years and has helped be a voice of shaping that. And so we have the great privilege of hearing from him today. So, Pastor Bob, come on up for us this morning. You guys welcome him. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jonathan. Man, what a fine-looking man Jonathan is. i tell you, you know, he just... It was awesome. Hey, it's so good to be here, guys. It is really, really awesome. I uh, am excited. We've been praying uh, for and with you for a lot of years. And Ryan and Jonathan are friends, and and uh, Randy Deal. Many of you know Randy uh, has actually came through our ministry in California. So we have uh, kind of joined at the hip with North Valley, and so it's just a real privilege to be here. Uh, I'm here with my wife, Janet. We've been married, believe it or not, 45 years, and. Uh, I still think we're on our honeymoon. She, I don't know, but anyway, we uh, we have uh, four kids and 13 grandkids, and so we just really. Are uh, privileged to be here and and uh, uh, to be with you today you know let me give you a little bit of background I came to know Christ really because of Janet um, uh, my major is zoology my minor is chemistry I went to NAU we were both in a chemistry physics class she was a knockout so I said boy I've got to get to know her and so uh, she did some missionary dating you know she asked if I was a Christian something I thought I would never hear on a college campus and she asked me that, and I said, well, of course I am, because I am not an idiot. I wanted to go out with her, and I would have been blue cheese if that's what she wanted me to be. And so we started, but we went to a church. Now, that was part of the package, and uh, uh, it was a very conservative church. And so I was very concerned that me taking cell physiology, mammology, you know, uh, uh, calculus, all these heavy bonehead kind of classes that uh, this pastor would come out and just really be kind of, uh, you know, just not all there, you know, uh, about four on a scale of 100 in terms of intelligence. So I was just sitting back there and I had my arms folded. Any of you have your arms folded? I had my arms folded. I was about as closed as I could possibly be to whatever this guy had to say. The only thing is, He painted the most accurate, most incredible picture of Jesus Christ I had ever heard in my life. In fact, I lost interest in her and for a while and, and really began to, to dig deep to lean deep into who Jesus is and I came to know Christ my sophomore year of college up in NAU and, and really got heavily involved in campus ministry up there. Uh, graduated went off to Denver Seminary and uh, after seminary uh, decided to go into campus ministry. Went to University of the Pacific in Stockton, California started a campus ministry there. It was exciting. Seven and a half years there. It was amazing. It grew up really big. We had 14 people on staff, including our our volunteer staff and so on. It it was a great, great ministry. At that time, I had a ponytail. Uh, Well, I had a lot of hair anyway, and uh, I don't know what happened. You know, time has all sorts of kind of fun twists. And uh, we thought, you know, maybe we ought to go into, uh, you know, pastoring a church. But most people, most search committees would not even take a look at this dude who was just like this. So we came out and planted a church. Planted a church in uh, uh, central Phoenix and pastored that for 10 years, became a national director of church planting, started and counseled with over 150 churches, new churches all across the country. It was great. And then Anthem opened up and we decided that might be a place to start. And so about five of us, five families got together, prayed over it and so on. And we started, we were the very first church in Anthem. And so uh, been there and just uh, a year and a half ago, I stepped down as a senior pastor And part of the reason is because you realize that, you know, you may think you're young, you may think you can do all those things, but you can't. You can't reach down so many generations, and it was time, and and so I'm still there, believe it or not, as the founding pastor. We have a great relationship with the pastor there, and a great relationship with other churches all around. So that's a little of the story, but here's the deal. What I wanted to talk on has to do with the whole church planting gig because I can share some things with you from a perspective that even Ryan or Jonathan may have a little bit harder time sharing with you. I can share passionately because I've seen churches blow up to thousands and I've seen churches not. And I wanted to say, what are some of the things that I could share with you that might just light you up, might get you so thrilled and excited about what you're already doing here at North Valley? I am excited for you, and this is not a, a, just a, a you know, okay, I'm, I'm here in front of you, I better be excited. I am thrilled and excited, and I want you to have that same kind of excitement. I know many of you do. Let me just share some things, though. As I went and talked to Ryan, I said, would you do me a favor? Would you do me the favor of sending me just a few anonymous emails that maybe you or Jonathan or others had received from people within your church You know, ones that just kind of encourage you and so on, because I, from an outsider perspective, would love to share that with your congregation, with your people. So he sent me a few things, you know, and and I just wanted to tell you, the reason these things are so important is because it's important to celebrate wins. Like, wow, that was great. My, you know, my son heard about Jesus for the first time. Let's celebrate that, or or whatever it might be. Uh, Steve Richardson and I were here filming a couple of uh, a few weeks ago. I don't know if you remember, but we were had the camera. We're probably really irritating everybody, but what a celebration of the baptisms and so we were out, We were filming and we were jumping like this. If you saw us, because it was such an exciting exciting thing. So I asked him "What are some of your wins? Can I share these with you? I mean, you want to get fired up? Listen to this." This is, this is great. Um, we never went to church. My wife and I came in and immediately we knew we were home. The people seemed so kind and happy. I knew we were missing something. Pastor Ryan invited us to start a relationship with Christ and we did. And we've never been the same. We're looking forward to being baptized as a couple. How about this one? I just moved into town. I didn't have help to move. I didn't have enough money to pay professional movers. The church stepped in and helped me. I love my church. How about this one? My husband and I fell on a hard time, got super behind, and God used the church to help us in our greatest time of need. I can't say enough about how grateful we are. Or this one, our our marriage was in trouble. We reached out for counseling. I don't think we would still be married if it wasn't for this church. God has the people at this church, and they changed my life. Just a couple more. The message hit home. It was like Sunday, every Sunday, Pastor Ryan knew what was going on in my life. I hit one of the biggest lows. And that's when I prayed to receive Christ, and I got my life back on track. My son and I were baptized, and now I'm experiencing a peace that I never knew before. I am so thankful for this church. Like I say, Ryan may not feel comfortable sharing this. I feel great sharing this stuff. Let me show this last one, though. I was skeptical about the church at first. I watched my wife and kids jump right in, and it wasn't long before I got curious and I started to attend with them. I was surprised I actually liked it. Pastor Ryan explained the Bible in an easy way to understand it, and it was through North Valley that my whole family was baptized. Now, I look forward to growing and becoming the man of God that God wants me to be for my family. Boy, that fires me up. And the phrase, looking forward to growing and becoming the man that God wants me to be, that's the part that really excites me. And it kind of reminds me of my college days. When I came to know Christ my sophomore year of college, I had a guy who came around side me and discipled me, poured into me. And I knew after I came to know Christ that there were certain things that you got to do. You know, you you got to read the Bible, you know, and and, and you got to pray, you know, and and you got to help people, and and, and you got to give money, and, and, and all these things that you got to do. But his approach was so different. He said, hey, Bob, let's get together for coffee. Let's just sit down. Hey, this first week, let's just talk about all the things that God's done for you. Did you know that God's given you eternal life? He's given you, you'll never die. As long and as, and as far as you can think, you're always going to be with him. You're gonna, it's going to be amazing. You've got a home in heaven, and we talked about heaven. Next week, come on back, and we'll talk about something else. Next week, I came back and said, did you know that you're forgiven completely? That God has separated your sin from, as far as the east is from the west. He, he buried it in the deepest of oceans, never to be fished up again and then the next week, he's come on back next week and, and we talked about the fact that when I came to know Christ, I'm adopted into a family. I, I, not only, you know, at this time, did I have a girlfriend, but she now is my sister in Christ and, and we had this family kind of relationship and, and so on and, and the next week he goes on, and he says, do you know that when you came to know Christ, you have direct access to God? Well, guys, listen to this. About the fifth weekend it's true, fifth weekend I said stop it stop it isn't there anything that I can do for him that really got me and it got him because it was so refreshing instead of all the things that I had to do for him it's what can I do for him And it just kind of freaks out people from time to time. Because many time people, when you talk about church, they'll tell you things they don't like about church. They'll tell you things they don't like about your church. But when somebody says, hey, what can I do? That's refreshing. So it's in light of that... In light of the college days and that kind of thing, in light of some of those wins that I just read, that I'd like you to do something for me. I'd like you to simply say a question. And just humor me, if you will. Would you simply say, Bob, what can we do? Okay, just humor me, okay? Right now. Bob? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked because I really want to answer that. And that's what this message is about today. What can I do? But I want to touch upon the why we do what we do at North Valley or any church that's worth its salt and is growing and vibrant like this church is. Why do you here do certain things? It's very important because once you know the why, it motivates you to do the do. Well, there are two big reasons on why North Valley does what North Valley does. And for some of you, I'm talking to the choir, you already know this. But listen, one of the reasons, okay, is there are certain things that North Valley has to do as a church in order to be a church that you enjoy, that you enjoy. Now Think about that, okay? Just a little bit. So you come here, and you enjoy the music, and you enjoy the teaching, and you enjoy the environment, and you enjoy the kids' ministry, and you say, oh, man, I can hardly wait to get up in the morning on Sunday to be here. So we get something out of it. But listen, that's the least important reason of why North Valley does what North Valley does. Let me give you the second. The second is there are some things that North Valley needs to do as a church to make it easier for people to consider Christ. Now I just think about this thing. This guy fires me up. You see, it's easier for you to invite people who aren't plugged into church or who haven't considered church or have been away for a long time and are starting to come back. I have the hardest time explaining that the church in America is changing. People are really interested in spiritual things, but they're leaving traditional churches in the droves. So in this time and in this season, you and I, North Valley, has to do certain things in creative ways to fulfill the commission that God has given every follower of Jesus to do. So what do I want you to do? As an outsider, what can I encourage you to do? Two things. Serve and invite. That's it. Serve and invite. So let's start with the first one. I'm encouraging you as an outsider, as a church-planting dude, to encourage all of you, many who I don't know, some who I do know, to serve on a team. Now remember... We've helped plant churches across the nation, big, little, everything in between. I know some of you here are already serving big time, and some of you are just beginning to serve, and some of you haven't gotten around to it yet. You may come for the music, you write down notes, you elbow your wife, you elbow your husband, you know, that kind of thing during a message, and you go home, and you eat lunch, and you've gone to church. But I know that North Valley needs you to lean into something. If you haven't yet done it, God would have you lean in to serving in a way that maybe you haven't been challenged for a while. I know this is basic stuff. This is Vince Lombardi every year with the Green Bay Packers' first day, and it's true. This is absolutely true. He was quoted on several times, and his son... Affirm the fact that this is exactly what Vince Lombardi did every season, the start of the season. He would, there in front of all these professional football players, hold up a football and would say, Gentlemen, this is a football. And the implication being, if you don't do the basics, nothing else works. It is so true when it comes to churches, it's so true when it comes to church planting. We're called, and I'm including myself in this, we're called North Valley Community Church for a reason. We want to make an impact in this community. And we've got to get it right. When we serve, we become part of a movement of God. Something inside of us that says, I want to be something and part of something that truly matters for eternity. Now I want you to think about this. When Jesus chose his followers, think think about this. He chose his followers. He didn't choose any Pharisees. He didn't choose any religious dudes. When he did not a single Pharisee, not a single scribe, nobody trained in the educational system of the day. Instead, he chose tax collectors and fishermen. In fact, I love what it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Peter is kind of dialoguing and and, and people are seeing Peter and the early church just explode and the religious people of the day and the leaders are looking back at this movement of God and this is what they say in verse 13 they say when they saw the courage of Peter and John they realized that they were unschooled ordinary men they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus Don't you love that phrase? They were ordinary and unschooled men. You know, in the original language, in the Greek language that the Bible is, I always like to do my Greek lesson here, you know, the, there's that word ordinary. You know what the Greek word is? Idiotos. <laughs> True, yeah. Idiotus is the word ordinary. <laughs> go with me, okay? <laughs> just, just go with me. Welcome to North Valley. You too can become... No, no, I won't say that, you <laughs> Idiotis, ordinary. The word meant, I love this, not involved in public affairs. It meant a lay person, a regular person, a vanilla person. I love that. I love that because he chose these ordinary people and he literally said, spend some time with me And we'll change the world. Spend some time hanging with me, and we'll change the world. Now, serve on a team. A little bit on the why. If you think about the marketplace, where people work, you know, they make a living, there are transactions that take place that are what I call mission-critical. Their mission. In other words, your company, if you work for a company or you own a company or whatever it might be, does a lot of things. But there are some things that if your company gets these things right, then everything else goes right. Everything else falls into place, goes good. It might be just a few things, but if you get them right, everything else tends to take care of itself. Uh, maybe it's customer service. Maybe it's the product that you're working on just is, is working right But it's mission critical. Well, for North Valley, I asked Ryan, what are some of the mission critical things that I might just bring to attention, people's attention? He didn't hesitate. He said, yeah, there are four things. One of them is North Valley kids, North Valley youth. Guys, it's mission critical because you can think that the message is the greatest message you ever heard here on Sunday. But if you go home and your kids weren't taken care of, and your youth weren't inspired, if they weren't grabbed and engaged, then it really doesn't matter how good it is in here. It's mission critical. It's block and tackle. It's the kind of thing that if that is right, you can endure even some faux pas here because my kids are fired up. My kids are excited. They're loved. They're embraced. They're cared for. That's one of the things that maybe God might be putting on your heart. But I've got a few other things that you may not even think of. I love this. One of them is facilities. You know, this idea of having a team or a team leader opening up and closing on campus. I know Jonathan. You know Jonathan. Do you know he's here opening up, closing all the time? The dude's going to burn out. And I think God may be putting on your heart this morning. You know, I don't know. I can do that. How about some other ones? Groundskeeping. Uh, this is the first time Janet's been here. I've been here several times, but first time my wife Janet's come here. And, and, and really, you know, she, we, we came in through the, the, the archway over there, and she just, ah oh. oh. Guys, we still meet in a school up an Anthem. We don't have a, ah, we've got a, ooh, you know? This is an awe, ah. but it takes people, part of a family, part of a community, to say, you know, okay, life involves this too. And the last one is custodial. Oh, man, really, Bob? Mission critical? Yes. It really is mission critical. Somebody who cares. You know, we have something even up at Arizona Hills where I'm at. Uh, We call it the 10-foot perimeter. That if you, wherever you walk, you're walking in a 10-foot perimeter, that anything in that 10-foot is yours. Well, within reason, okay? So that means if there's a crumpled up piece of cup, you know, or something on the ground, and it's within your 10 that's your responsibility, which is great, except if you find people walking like this a lot you know just kind of avoiding you know but no but it's true it's this idea of of facilities groundkeeping custodial and so on. it's block and tackle this is core and if you get this right everything else seems to work great the greeting and the customer service and the guest services and all those other things are tremendous but here's how this works like i said it's not the preaching If your baby, your child, your high schooler is not taken care of, it doesn't matter how good the teaching is. If you're not greeted, if there's not an atmosphere of love and fun and creativity, you're not going to come back. If every week what happens here musically, visually, verbally is hit or miss, you're not coming back. And I know what some of you are saying secretly, because that's what I would say. I've been following Jesus for a long time. I'd meet in a barn if the word's being preached. But like I said, it's not just for us. It's for them. It's for them. And if we don't understand that culture, then that's crazy. My, one of my sons is a missionary in Papua New Guinea. Janet and I had a privilege of going there almost four weeks here in, uh, last January. It was tremendous but one of the things that every missionary understands is you've got to know the language and you have to know the culture because if you don't you will stick your foot in your mouth and make a cultural mistake that can really have implications on down the line. And if it's true on the mission field it ought to be true here on our mission field. It's just true. I don't have the luxury to think just for me. I have the luxury and the responsibility to think for them. What kind of barriers can I help tear down by making it easier for someone to come? I love Mark chapter 10, verse 45. If you've been in church any length of time at all or just kind of hanging around, you've probably heard this verse. Mark 10.45 is, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. But do you know the context that that came out of? The context... <laughs> this is so cool. This is the context of His disciples kind of bickering and fighting on who's going to be in the best place in heaven. You know, I, I, I want to be on the right. No, 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 no. I want to be on the left. No, 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 no. You, know, you have this kind of bickering going back and forth and stuff. I, I, I want, I need, I deserve... And Jesus ends the whole passage by saying, hey, 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 hey. For in the sin of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. If anybody had a pass to not get involved, if anybody had a pass not to serve, it was Jesus. But he laid out the fact that that might be the biggest deal is just serving. When we serve on a team, especially one of those mission-critical places, well, this is where people stick. It's just true. This is where people have an aha moment. They they understand. In fact, there's even something about the person who says, you know, I don't even particularly like the music. Now, I love the music here, by the way. But I've been in church for a long time. There will always be some. But I've had people who say, yeah, I don't like the music, but I just love how I'm loved on. People can endure all sorts of things if they know you really love them, you really care, and you care for their family, and you care for their community. People want to come to church. In fact, listen to this. I know what, again, some of you are thinking. I'm trying to preclude things. Some of you are thinking, I do not want to work over in that building over there with rugrats, with youth. You know, I, I just don't want to do it. Now, hear me on this, okay? <laughs> Jonathan, I hope you're, I'll never be invited back. I know, that's great. We're not going to ask you to do something you're no good at. And here's Why? You're no good at it. You're no good at it. This is the last thing that this church will ever do is put you in a room with kids and have you bore them to death with the Bible. We want our kids to want to come to church. We don't want them to have this experience. The Bible is boring. God is boring. Church is boring. And come back next week for another dose. Oh. No. Then they go to college, and we wonder why they never go to church. They're just applying what they've learned over the years. Think about this. It's just true. So don't worry. If you're not an interesting person, we're not going to put you in with a bunch of kids. But the good news is there is a place for everyone. Everyone. And it'll be in keeping with the thumbprint that is unique for you. There's some churches in Atlanta, Georgia, Passion City Church. I know you may have heard of Louis Giglio, but Louis Giglio and his church, he calls everybody in the church who's doing anything a door holder. He said anybody can be a door holder. What a great way of looking at it. If you look at it as, I'm going to be a volunteer. You know what volunteers, volunteers can choose to either show up or not show up. When you're a door holder, when you're part, when you're invested, when you're part of a community, it's like a family. Like I guess I have four kids, 13 grandkids. We're the layman's. We used to have a little phrase here. We're the layman's, and that's why we do what we do. That's not an arrogant thing. It was just simply an identity thing. It was saying, that's what makes us unique, and everybody has a role. Everybody has a role, Okay. I didn't ask my four-year-old to mow the lawn. It was out of his pay grade to do that. But maybe to pick up his goldfish crackers, you know? Everybody has a role because you're family. And I do things differently in my family. And you're a family. Did you know that? I just get so excited. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're a family. And Ryan and... Jonathan, the leaders and the elders and stuff—we just want you all to engage at whatever level you can engage. You know, a little bit, just really quickly, why the, the the big why behind serving and stuff. Number one, we were created to serve. You've heard this verse before. Paul is writing to the Ephesians and Ephesians chapter two, verse uh, verse ten. We many of us memorize verse eight and nine, but forget about verse ten. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'm going to do something that I don't always do, but I don't want to share out of the Living Bible. I know it's a paraphrase. I get it. Okay, it's a paraphrase. Boy, does it ever in, you know, give us some good directions from time to time. Message, paraphrase, or in the Living. The Living says this. It is God himself who has made us what we are, and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. Long ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. I love the phrase, long ago. The Bible says that even before you and I were born, God planned a life of service for us. And I believe, personally, the reason that very many people are miserable or feel unfulfilled is because they're not doing what God designed for them to do long ago. You and I were created for service. And if you're not serving somewhere, you're just missing out. You're missing out. Second thing is that serving others is the way we serve God. It's the way we serve God. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. It is the Lord you are serving. In other words, no matter what you were doing, you're doing it for who? The Lord. No matter what it is you're doing, you're doing it for the Lord. Matthew 25, verse 40. Again, another familiar passage of Scripture. And Jesus says, What you have done for the humblest or for the least of my brothers, you have done for me. He states it positively. If you feed and clothe others, then you feed and clothe me. If you haven't fed and clothed others, you have not fed and clothed me. One of the greatest honors that we can do is to serve the Lord. But let me give you a third one. The third one is simply this. It has great value. On those days where it's just hard to get up, on those days it's hard to say, oh, okay, you know, I've got to put my service on, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, one of my life verses. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I want you to notice something. He's not talking to pastors. He's not even talking to leaders per se. He identifies it as those brothers and sisters, you and me. And if you're in children's ministry and you change a diaper, it's not without value. It's what that verse says. If you pick up a piece of trash on Sunday morning because you say, you know, some new person walking in might be turned off by that. I know it's weird, but they might be doing it. Then what I do is not worthless. It's a value. And when you walk into a restroom and, and you see paper spread out all over the place and, and, and you pick it up thinking, you know, some visitor might just be coming in, might be offended by this. Nothing you do is without value if you do it for the Lord. Whatever you do, it all counts. And when I go home and I spend time with Janet and so on, it it matters. It counts. Everything I do. As much as leading a Bible study, as much as doing some other kinds of things. There is no insignificant service in God's eyes. It's not like being a singer on the stage Sunday morning is more important than stuffing bulletins or doing all that. Or stuffing bulletins is more important than parking cars. Or parking cars is more important than leading a a third-grade class. The Bible says that nothing you do in the Lord's service is ever without value. It's the best use of my life. So, I said two things. Two things I was going to ask you to do. One is to serve on a team. But let me give you the second one. Serving on a team makes it easier to invite a friend. It just does. If you were to ask me, you know, being in ministry for a whole lot of years, what's my biggest concern for the church? It wouldn't be money, and it wouldn't be staff. The biggest concern for the church is that when things begin, there's a freshness, there's an excitement, there's a who-can-we-reach-for-Christ kind of mentality. But things can change over time. And they can change over time at North Valley as well. And let me tell you why. The gravitational pull of every church will always be toward keeping people rather than reaching people. Just telling you, this is just the way it is. The gravitational pull of every church, big, small, whatever, will always be more for keeping people than reaching people. And I've got to tell you something, that over time will do you in. I was at a conference some time ago at CCV when Don Wilson was still uh, there and, and, uh, and the, the senior pastor there and so on. Hung out with Don Wilson for a little bit and stuff. And you know, he took me aside and he said, did you know that 85% of people in our community here don't go to church. You're talking about big mega, 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 ultra, mega church and all that. 85% of them are going to church. Did you know that probably 85 to 90% of people in your community right here don't go to church? Come on. Really? Yes. Really. We actually have a statistics, um, that company that I'm with now, uh, Keenly Interactive. We did a survey in the Anthem area and the surrounding area And it actually is closer to 90% of people that aren't actively involved in church. So what do we need? We need to have you serve on a team, but we also need to have you always thinking about inviting a friend. And the reason is not that we have more people. The reason is this, and I want you to go with me on this and think about it. When you invite a friend and your friend is sitting next to you, okay, you experience the service differently. You, you do. You, you're, you're experiencing it for them. Have you ever gone to a movie? You know, I'm a big movie guy. Have you ever gone to a movie and, and uh, uh, you saw it before? You know, it was really good. And then you brought your mother with you to watch the same movie. And all of a sudden, you oh, oh, mom. You see it differently somebody's next to you. I'll tell you, ringing and inviting a friend will re-energize your own worship experience. It just does. It just does. And we find it written throughout all the scriptures. So I, I will just simply say very quickly in the four or five minutes here I have left. This is such an important thing and I want to give you a model. And you'll find it in John chapter 1. It's a a wonderful model. Beginning of Jesus' ministry, okay, he sees this guy, Philip, and and Jesus says to him, follow me, be one of my followers, okay, basically, okay, he says that. Philip turns and he says, can I invite a friend? The encounter is verse 45. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And then I like verse 46. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Okay, here's the deal. Philip didn't know how to answer him. He didn't, he didn't, it was kind of a downer response. Hey, hey, we, we found the guy. Anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, what a downer. And I love how Philip responds. He says, come and see. Think about it, come and Come and see. I don't know about Nazareth. I'm not a history guy, so I I don't know exactly what you're talking about. But if I could just get you there, I think the Nazareth issue will just kind of go away. You're as close to Jesus as anyone can be because you're the body of Christ. The invitation is come and see Somebody invited you. You came and you saw. Maybe the first time you came, you just sat back. You intentionally became you know, kind of resistant. and You were saying, I wonder how much you know, the pastor makes. You know? I, I, I wonder how much this facility costs. I, I wonder what the pastor's kids are doing. But then something happened, and folks, it wasn't magic. It wasn't. It was God's love. North Valley wants you to say weekly to your friends. Come and see. Be bold in your invitations. You know, the worst thing that somebody could say is, yuck, church. That's the worst. And you know what? You don't even have any friends like that, do you? You don't. I'm just encouraging you. There was a movie. I'm a real movie guy. If I wasn't in ministry, I'd maybe be a movie critic. Kevin Costner played uh, a movie called *The Guardian*. It's about Coast Guard rescue swimmers, and he's this rescue swimmer and has a great reputation. His name was Ben Randall. Actually, he was modeled after a, a, a real person, and Ben Randall. Saved hundreds and hundreds of people. Well, he became an instructor at the Coast Guard swim school, and there was this cocky guy, one of these great swimmers that came up, and he wanted to break every record that Ben Randall had. And he would constantly ask him, What's your number? What's your number? How many people have you rescued? And he would never answer. He would never answer. As the movie goes on and you have all the drama and everything's happening in the movie and so on, and finally, it comes to the end of the movie. He's gained respect for both of them and so on. And toward the end of the movie, he finally said, Hey, Ben, really? What's your number? How many? And he said, looked at him, had a little tears in his eyes, and he said, 22. 22. I thought it was hundreds and hundreds. He said, no, 22. That's not how many I saved. That's how many I lost. And it was the only number that mattered. We're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. And I'm an outsider, guys. But I'm just telling you, the DNA of every healthy church has those two things coursing within the veins of the church. And if you haven't yet served on a team, or you have and it didn't work out, I'm imploring you that after the service to fill out a card and just simply say, hey, I want to figure it out. I don't know what. But I want to figure it out. And I'll tell you what, everybody will follow up. And you're not in for a million years. They'll just follow up and say, thanks, this is great. Let's figure it out together. And then as you go through this week, you think clearly, who is it that I'm going to invite next week? Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for this time. Lord, what an awesome, awesome congregation of people who just sold out to you. And I pray that today, Lord, you might have moved and motivated and encouraged people to be all that you want them to be. I just thank you in advance. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.